It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other, and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Welcome along to the GAR on a Thursday. Connor and Conan are here with me in studio as usual. And we have a bit of politics on the show this week, lads, because we're starting off with the CPA. Bit of CPA, bit of GPA, bit of John Horan, bit of Fergal McGill. A <laughs> lot of politics, but we've other stuff as well, so don't be tuning out. <laughs> uh, so the CPA is seeking a meeting with both the Chairman and Director General of the GEA to express its anger and frustration on behalf of the Roscommon GEA after its failed motion for a blank canvas approach to fixture making. CPA are very unhappy about this. Um, I can see why. This seemed very logical. It's what the CPA have been um, arguing for pretty much since their foundation. And it's pretty much to fix the fixtures, but the year in its entirety, not bit by bit like the GE are attempting to do. So I can see why they're annoyed. I can also see why the it failed. The reason it failed is because GE de- delegates, central council, whatever it is, don't like to be told what to do. They're admitting they're doing something wrong if the upstarts like the CPA are telling them what to do. So it failed, predictably failed. Everything, the CPA have had no joy in any, no matter what they're trying to bring forward. And I think that's very, very sad that they've failed in everything that they've tried to do. They've tried to go the diplomatic route and it hasn't worked at all. The GPA this this week are going kind of through diplomatic route with the GA as well, wanting to meet them about different things. And sure, it gets nowhere. They're just plow mossed in the meeting, and then to come out and the GA pretty the GA central council or hierarchy pretty much get what they're kind of want anyway. So, like I mean, it doesn't make sense. And Fergal McGill said 
about this the Uctoran has been very clear with the CPA and others the main an- analysis of the three year period will probably begin next August and that's been known for a period of time so in the GEA's defence there is at the end of the tri- we obviously have this Super 8s which it was called is the restructure Parik Duffy that nothing can really happen happen in the middle of that anyways and the GEA are going to have a review of that and the CPA are invited into that review so there's kind of two ways to look at it you know do we want this push through mid three year which will never really happen anyways mm. or the CPA will get their wish and get in on, on the review of where to go from there I would be less critical of of John Horan on this one I think yeah I think that I think that's fair in terms of like if the GA are going to review it themselves and then they have a right to say to the CPA well then listen that's lads that's next summer yeah yeah that's happened next summer but it goes back to what you said there about they maybe calling the CPA upstarts or didn't they call them that crowd did somebody yeah. call them that crowd of yeah. congress the noisy neighbours yeah that's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's just the perception that the, the, the GA are treating the CPA like it's something at the bottom of their shoe and like even some of the details that came out of the Roscommon thing that the, the, the Roscommon motion wasn't even included in the original uh, notification sent out to yeah. council members that was Tom Ryan they're putting the blame on yeah. that for. and then they said that um, it was inadvertently and they had inadvertently in inverted commas left out of the original email and central council members only found out about it the day before so that just all it kind of adds into this feeling that the CPA have and it's hard to get away from it's hard to argue with them about this feeling that they're kind of being disregarded this really frosty relationship with the, with the GA so I that's, told you it was all politics well, that, today. that's, uh, that's, that's a, politics that's, that's exactly Tom it. Ryan <laughs> <laughs> it probably it did, like it's I, I think the GA as I said we're, we're fair to say listen we're going to review this process eventually we have one of your members there's going to be a CPA member involved but it's just all the details have come out and Roscommon being releasing that statement you know very strongly kind of coming out against it it's just very messy needlessly messy I would say Yeah Fergal McGill had that sort of dismissive remark though like it would be very naive to think that we didn't look at this from a blank canvas point of view and they haven't like no they, they haven't they look at it from a canvas where you have the provincial competition you have the all club in March you have the pre-season competitions which can't move that, and how do we work uh, with, yeah, within that around that then that's why it stays the same so this is why it's very frustrating yeah to go back to that congress you're talking about it was I think it was somebody from Donegal like, stood up and said the true club player association is the GA <laughs> like you know yeah, this oh, yeah. is officially in congress you know and it shows that sort of animosity towards anything that they're doing and that's why they're banging their heads against the wall for two years yeah exactly so the GPA have are not happy with the GA either um, so you have Paul Flynn wrote to the association that was two days ago requesting an urgent meeting over the rules being tried in the National Football League so John Horan was happy to have that meeting they had it yesterday and they released the joint statement so they said the meeting was held at the request of the GPA to seek further clarification on the process for the introduction of the playing rules in Gaelic football now just oh, it is noted that in the initial part of the rules experiment will take place in the upcoming provincial pre-season competitions the GEA confirmed that there will be an opportunity um, at the next scheduled meeting of the Ard Coyle what's Ard Coyle Irish for? Central Council Central Council is it? Okay, on the 19th of January to review the proposals ahead of the Alliance Leagues so the GPA basically don't want it to be trialled during the National League and I think a compromise was made here where John Horan just kind of patted him on the back and said look we'll review them here after the (laughs) after the pre-season competitions and that's it now in Paul Flynn's uh, defence I haven't come across a GPA president who has rocked the boat more so far publicly 
he's not taking anything lying down mm. he wants clarification on everything and I think that's a really really good thing because he's a spiky enough sort of fella I like Paul I've met him loads of times but he, he would be no pushover now yeah. you know so like I mean that's his natural personality coming out and not allowing things you know go without having his say on it and we campaigned here why the GPA just say nothing publicly yeah, yeah, now, yeah. They're, now they're voicing their concerns very loudly because their members have voted unanimously against some of these rule changes now I'd be of the opinion that should players really have too much of a say in that for example absolutely they're playing the game I Aren't don't we always know giving out though that they don't have enough of a say in these rules I think there's <laughs> some things they don't have enough say in but I think that rules because like they're all trying to feather their own nest like they're all so ingrained in this hand passing thing now and not giving away possession they're scared they're scared to move away from that like I mean you have to look at the bigger picture because players don't look at the bigger picture they look at how is this going to affect my team how when we've got 30 men behind the ball can we adapt to that without hand passing and they don't want it so when you think of it that way they're not thinking of the bigger picture of what's best for the game and nor should they have to but are are retired players doing that as well though are they thinking about the the whole picture or are they just thinking about I didn't enjoy that game the way I played it back in the day was you know that's that's where people get this has been sort of attitude from then yeah but I think yeah and that's fair enough to a point but like I mean I keep saying to you that attendances are down and through questionnaires and research from the playing rules committee lots of people are not happy at grassroots level this isn't I often think that Joe Brawley just um, the high profile pundits get the blame for this there's a market there for what they're saying like anyone I meet thinks the game is shit I don't meet anyone other than you you're not talking <laughs> to, you're, you're not talking to any players uh, you're, you're in your bar talking to Joe Brawley no, about like, 1990s don't talk to Joe Brawley at all but anyone anecdotally that you meet that's a GA fan say I can't watch that anymore like that's I don't know what your ah, opinion like, is did you after the Ross Common Armagh game did somebody say that, you know, that was shite look at this but that was an out- bad like, that know? was an outlier though just that don't watch Carlo against Leash watch Armagh against Ross Common do you know like just there's good games and there's bad games yeah but we can improve that to make more good games than bad at the moment you see more bad than good anyways we're not going to get into a petty <laughs> argument like that like you're looking to get into here um, so that's that one so basically the these playing rules right so these were trialled on Tuesday night and the Carlo played UCD and this I was my attention was brought to this because it was on the 6 o'clock news or the 9 o'clock news one of the two and I think John Fogarty was interviewed on it from the examiner and I rang him this morning to find out because obviously Carlo Terlock O'Brien on Twitter was giving me a bit of a dig the other night saying that I'm obsessed with Carlo and like I mean I'm absolutely not obsessed but like they should take it as a compliment that I find Carlo very interesting because Carlo were kind of stuck in a time warp of playing Jim McGuinness style football in 2011 but anyways so I was very interested to see how Carlo would set up because Conan paints a doomsday scenario about how these rules are going to work, Connor. And it's only a challenge though, Willie, wouldn't be. It's only a challenge, <laughs> but still, the information I got from John Fogarty, and this is very, very interesting, is that Carlo started the game playing defensive football and at halftime they changed and left tr- uh, f- about four forwards up there and played a much more attacking brand of football. Paul Broderick got a good few marks and got two or three marks in the second half and it changed at half time now this is my point on this I keep saying there's no attacking game plan if you've that many men back you have to leave forwards up if you're a half back breaking out with the ball and you've no one in front of you and you're on your third pass what are you going to do yeah, if you're yeah. a midfielder so I would say the feedback potentially this may only me speculating feedback at half time was from Brendan Murphy from the half back line I'm screwed on the fourth pass here. There's not, there's not, there's not, there's too much of a gap between me and Broderick. It's only up there in his own. I've no, I have to turn back around and I'm getting caught. 
so they probably changed it and I think this is how this is going to evolve that players on the field even if their manager wants to play a certain way they're going to say I can't kick it forward unless we have players up there and I think they will evolve that way and it was interesting Poacher tweeted on Tuesday or Wednesday and he was tweeting it's time for coaches to start thinking about how to adjust to the rule changes in training here's a simple gu- here's a simple game adapted to suit the new rules and can be played at any level right so he did a, a he broke the field into three zones so he has zone one zone two zone three three thirds he has four forwards versus four backs in one third he has four forwards versus four backs in the other third and he has everybody else in around midfield I think he has two floating players two potentially going range, back yeah. to help the four <coughs> four and two more and that's the way like just much more traditional structure is going to be on the game you're staring at me Connor or Conan, Conan. <laughs> no, he's always laughing. eyeballing me here <laughs> I'm thinking Poacher wants these rules in because they said Carlo <laughs> no but like no but Turlock said it will suit them but this is the this is the point I'm making that this is absolutely 100% and I've said this from the word go you might not like the three hand passes but the one knock on effect from this is there will be more traditional structure on the game there will be much more kick passing why could anybody yeah, want, well, let's, want that? Let's, let's just wait until we see some games. Like this is a challenge yeah. match, and like it's a nice picture he's painted. But what could have happened is Carlo might have just been trying out two different game plans anyway. Like you know, for a challenge match before the season starts. Yeah, well that's true. They're like they've been defending for two years, so you know, gradually they probably would have been looking to be a bit more offensive this year. Did John Fogarty suggest that in the first half that they were really struggling because they had no outlet and because they had nowhere to go basically after they the, would be. After the three hand There's only logic to that. There's yeah. only, and I know there were some clips. UCD, this is not in for the Sigerson. So UCD had no experience had no uh, kind of agenda to change or play these they, they were just uh, accommodating Carlo who requested to play yeah. obviously these rules and uh, so I wouldn't read too much into anything UCD did but Carlo absolutely used the offensive mark and absolutely left more forwards in the other side of the field obviously they could have d- decided that before the game yeah. and I have no idea no, look at I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking that maybe from the feedback from the player I can only imagine as a halfback you're you're told to break out a pace and you break out a pace you're on your third thing somebody's in front of you yeah. Do, you, do you just stop that See, sprint <clears throat> and turn around to kick that, it that was my, that or was do you actually think how stupid know, that's yeah. going to look but, but possession has become so you know, sanctified someone's in front yeah. of you like you mean you're going to go into the tackle yeah. possession yeah. has become so important that, that was my fear that like after the three hand passes the people would have nothing to do but to turn around and kick it back to somebody else but if you that's where the attacking mark that's where the advanced mark comes in if you have people to aim for it it's such an incentive to kick the ball in yeah. and to, to leave those bodies up and then if you're putting more bodies up you've less people to kick the ball behind anyway so you've no real option but to kick, kick it going forward, forward. Which, which I, but like, I, like I, I agree I'm just waiting to see these in action but I'd be less uh, I'd be less wary about them than Conan is but that's just him <laughs> but I, I, do I just <laughs> genuinely remember um, when I was playing and sometimes the half forward line would be drifting back and you win the ball in midfield and you look up and it's just too much space between the full forward line and I'm like, we need a half forward line hmm. to bridge that gap. And we, that, those conversations are happening all the time. So with this offensive mark, if you've known in the half forward line, you've, you're screwed. Your options are immediately are cut off. So your only option is really to turn around and kick it backwards. And like, so you're on the attack. Would you decide just to freeze and turn around? Okay, that will not happen. Like, think out, just, yeah, think, but, just yeah. picture it, Colin. Picture it. We talked about just the picture. Yeah, no, that's the true. Picture's massive. So like, anyway, so here's Wayne Kearns. Um, who Loud played Mead in a challenge match last Sunday 
So this was gas. It was the referee, uh, Cormac O'Reilly, says, we might as well play these new rules. <laughs> <laughs> so I think so, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's just pure GEA. Like, I mean, so they weren't, no, now, in fairness, the rules hadn't been agreed on. Uh, this was before Central okay, Council. Okay. So they played them last Saturday and it hadn't been agreed that they were going to be in. So he was actually... There's no way these are coming in. So, like, Carmack Riley says, Do you want to play these old new rules? <laughs> we never get to play them again. So, yeah. So, Wayne was like, Asher, go on, give it an old blast here. We'll see how they go. So, they went on, anyways. So, he was like, Personally, I wouldn't be a fan. So, this is after the game, but you have to remain positive about it. That's a message to you, Conan. They're in now. Then he says, from a selfish point of view, I spend a lot of time getting ideas and philosophies to try and get to this level. Methods to coach players. And this is all thrown out the window. Everything you know and love about the game is just thrown out the window. I would uh, debate that. I was flabbergasted when I got the text at the weekend saying the new rules were introduced. Um, So then he says... um, it requires a mindset change from a coaching point of view, having implemented them, but you have to give it a go. And that's the one thing I highlighted thinking that exactly it requires yep. a mindset change. And everybody's afraid of change in all walks of life. Everyone resists change, especially in the GEA. And because you're in a nice comfort zone and this is scary and now I could kick the ball away and you're so used to never kicking the ball away. Uh, it's scary yeah. and that's why the players are voting against it no like Jesus do I have to kick that ball down to the field to a fella who might only have a yard on his man I might kick it wrong the, the kick might be intercepted at the moment you're lynched for that so absolutely this mm. is scary stuff but the mindset and that's what's going to change instead of being safe and boring you'll have to be brave and attacking it's an fecking brilliant yeah and I think the point of this point of this in general you're going back to earlier on that the GPA would naturally come out against this because it's going to affect them immediately but the whole point of all these suggested rule changes is if there are going to be a few hiccups now and there's obviously going to be a few hiccups there's a load of rules being proposed about being introduced but if we look back on this five years time let's say oh yeah 2019 was a bit of a mess but Jesus haven't we got a better na- game now because yeah. of it and I think it's just it's hard for obviously managers who might only be there for two years it's hard for players whose shelf life and whose career might be coming to an end in a couple of years and they might suffer as a result but the wider the overarching I think ambition that. of these rules I is to try and make the game better and if I think as I said in five years time if we're looking back on it as a better game result we'll think well Jesus those year or two yeah. was worth it. I, d- I think we'll look back at 2011 to 2017 and go holy shit that actually was football back then that I honestly th- do they think they were brilliant during that time like, so. well they were but they, they were the ones that kicked yeah, a lot of football yeah, yeah. can I just say that I actually agree with Connor like and I I have always been open to like listening to new rules but I just think when you're bringing new rules they can't you can't pick holes in them so easily it is still the biggest sport in Ireland like you know David Hassan brought these rules five of them initially and four of them had to either be scrapped or you know changed like big time changed as well like you know I don't think but what's wrong with that that's a good thing but no because the the thing at the time that you had said to me was they had reviewed 300 and something games and this is what they came up with they came up with stuff that we had to say here hang on but now you're criticising them for changing them instead of no I'm happy to do that change but I'm just saying that because they've watched 300 games it doesn't mean that this this research was sort of brilliant they've watched 300 games to identify Identify the problem. They yeah, hadn't watched it. They didn't game. identify well, it well. Well they, well, they did identify it. It's just their solution to it. They hadn't seen that working. So when they saw the solutions working, they actually man enough to admit, actually, that might not work. We don't know yeah. at all. And now they, they've, the research was and based on what they identified as the problems to be. But I just, I'm just, that's why I'm cautious. I don't 
think we can be so flippant with this game. Just let's just try this. This is this is Gaelic football. This is the biggest sport in Ireland. Yeah. You can't just well, it's not just try this. This is basically try and get football back into football. As Tomas O'Shea told Des Cal famously, it is football, Des. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best pieces of analysis I've ever heard. But anyways, based there's one kind of knock-on effect on this, which is going to be unlucky. And this is John Horan shoehorning his two-tier system in. Now we all agree that two-tier system is vital. I would prefer the two-tier system to be a part of a whole new restructure and a whole new yearly blank canvas like Roscommon want. Not just, if, if John Horan and uh, Fergal McGill are saying, well, we're in the middle of three, a three-year cycle on this new structure, how the hell can they justify just shoehorning in a two-tier yeah. system? Uh, and they're based on uh, TV rights for five years. So now <laughs> we're changing it again. So there are going to be other games that RT and Sky are the only broadcaster of these games and this is set in stone so it's all made up as it goes along and we know that but the two-tier system could come in next year right and the two-tier system is going to be based on your league standing in that year so all teams now not only have to figure out how to play these new rules this league takes on a much higher significance if this two-tier comes in because suddenly you're fighting for your life in Division 2 you're relegated to Division 3 you've no qualifiers you're back into Tier, you're back into tier yeah. 2 All-Ireland based on now let's be honest it's a level playing field for everyone so everybody has to work with these new rules you, ju- you would feel hard done by if you're relegated uh, in a season that everyone's trying these new rules no one really knows what's going on and suddenly then you're down into a Tier 2 All-Ireland you know what I mean so mm. if I was John Horn I'd just leave like I'm, I, I, t- I would I would wait till actually this three year cycle ends and fix it all I don't yeah. see shoehorning I hate that I really desperately want the two tier but don't just stick uh, yeah, it in yeah, next yeah. year yeah. like how does that yeah. solve like, it helps things a little bit but it's it's just putting a tiny little band-aid on yeah. like a big gaping wound I do like the idea because like, I, I want the league to be treated more importantly as well like, and I think once teams start doing that and once they actually it actually matters then the league will be it's class anyway but it'll be even better because it will mean something towards the big competition at the end of the year so I like that idea, but you're right. Just, just give it, just give it a couple of years. Yeah. Relax yourself, John. To link it on, to link, <laughs> yeah. to link it in. Like I mean, it's terrible that we're actually criticising bringing in a two tier, but like I mean, the two tier will be good. Um, there's no doubt about that. The interesting thing, just to finish up on the three hand passes, is there's the if you're on the third hand pass, if you've been, if there's been two hand passes and you're on the third, oh, you're allowed three, so you're on the fourth. You can't hand pass a point. Isn't that fantastic? That's great, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Now, you, having what, said that, like this it? I don't have anything against the hand oh, pass. Oh, I hate point. it. It's an awful cop out. Now, I have to well, admit, it's not always a cop out. I think when you've kind of when you beat a man along the line and you've no other option but the only, hand pass. That's it. the but only. When you're, when you're no, presented, you with, when you're presented with a one on one and you decide to fist it over the keeper's head, that's when I hate it. That that's should it, be banned. But having said that, when you take someone down along the sideline and your angle is tight. 99% of those are thrown over the bar they're not hand passed over the bar they're just yeah. they're just lobbed they're just yeah, yeah. you're just throwing that over because it's hard to, you won't get that angle properly with a good fist pass on it you're just kind of lobbing that the ref will never give it against never you never yeah. give it against you if you're under a lot of pressure yeah, coming not in even the, the umpire so you're probably falling into him as you're doing it yeah. now you'll have to kick it up into the air and hope someone gets underneath it because <laughs> you can't <laughs> put it well according to Colin she might just drive it back into your own yeah. Colin. you'll go completely backwards back to your goalie um, another interesting one but if somebody hand passes for the third time across the square 
you're allowed palm it into the goal. So there's two little clarifications um, on that one. Fergal McGill has had a terrible year, lads. He, <laughs> he he had an absolute mare when it comes to the Newbridge or nowhere. He's still recovering. He's still licking his wounds. He licked his wounds for how long ago was that? Maybe three months. And he's resurfaced. Yeah. He's resurfaced this week because they were all rolled out about these fixtures and stuff. All the top brass. But I have serious issues with Fergal McGill for this one. And this is because he's talking about the... He was asked about the Super 8s. And I have issues with why he wasn't pulled up on this. Because this is absolute deflection. He's disingenuous. It's, it's completely wrong. So he was asked about Dublin having two games in Crook Park. So this is what he says. Ultimately, it's a specified, it's specified in rule. It's something for Congress to vote for. It's not like the order of games which we saw a dispensation from for a year. It's more serious than that. The opportunity is going to be there in February for anyone who wants to bring a motion and I suspect there will be a motion. If Croke Park is not regarded as a neutral venue for quarterfinals, that's 100%. All the CCC can do is react to that and put the games where they are. For the CCC to come and say we consider Croke Park a neutral venue for an all Ireland semi-final when Dublin are playing but we don't consider it a neutral venue for a quarter-final would be a bit rich coming from the CCC. See, do you see what he's doing here? He's trying to make this about Croke Park being neutral. So that's like to say of course it's neutral. Of course it's neutral. If you try to argue Croke Park being neutral this is a huge Congress bloody issue and it's changing. It's, it's, you're not going to argue that. Yeah. Hang on a minute. What about the other game they have in Croke Park? Yeah. Not the neutral one. The home game, Fergal. Which the CCC can absolutely fix for somewhere else without going through Congress. Yeah. Does, yeah. He, does he honestly <laughs> think people are stupid? I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I was asking John Fogarty how the hell nobody... Uh, pulled him up on this and he said it was at the very end of the sitter of the round whatever interview so he didn't have a chance I could not believe Fergal McGill with a straight face will try and say that this issue can only be solved solved by Congress yeah it sounds like he just almost made that up on the spot like you're hung up, clung on to the the word neutral as you said like you know it, the issue is that Dublin are playing two games in the one venue it doesn't matter where it is it doesn't yeah. matter what's neutral and what's home so if it's neutral it can't be the other and if it's home it can't be neutral yeah. so there's two ways of looking at this he's looking at it one yeah. which is a very very difficult fix Yeah, almost an impossible fix because Croke Park is neutral yeah and he's right when he says it was voted for by Congress but this was this was sort of shoehorned in alongside if you want this shiny new Super 8 thing and we're going to shorten the season as well and Dublin are also going to play two games at Coop Park that was just a little sort of add-on in the small print and everybody voted for the Super 8s and the shortened season but like they had a vote for the Dublin thing as well this wasn't up for discussion it was the whole thing all or nothing Yeah, yeah. so it, it got voted in but nobody even raised this at Congress at the time Are you going to do your vigil outside Crow Park next summer or did I didn't do it in the end didn't I no. <laughs> that was next a, year that next was an year. idle threat no, it was, was a promise was it a promise <laughs> I think so yeah I was very upset about that at the time and then I thought right Donegal we're going in heavy on this and I was like ah oh, well now it's getting traction you see my issue with a lot of counties is this is I don't want Dublin to play in Crow Park no matter who they're playing it's not just if they play a leash I have a problem with this and I've said this on the podcast before Donegal were up in arms because it happened to be them hmm. and now next year if they play two, the same two counties that have to go play Dublin, they'll start complaining about it. Why can't you actually complain the fact that it's just unfair no matter who they play with? You know what I mean? And all counties get together instead and do what Donegal did yeah. and look after each other and just say what's in the interest of fairness <coughs> for, the, for the competition. Because no county will be able to actually complain about it until the Super 8s are fixed. Which and then it's too late. And then yeah. you'll be told, have yeah. you got no more important things now to be worrying about? <laughs> yeah. Like, can you not have a few matches coming up here? Like, important Super 8 matches. And this was with Donegal. They were compromised. So it was only kind of journalists and ex-players 
Donegal actual management couldn't crick up a fuss because immediately you're almost admitting right well we can't beat Dublin under which no team in yeah. the Super 8s will end up doing so there's actually yeah. no way you can take this on you know yeah. well, who presents a united front would it be the GPA like a, like it has to be a national body as opposed to Paul Flynn together. Paul yeah. Flynn there he is again. <laughs> he's on a good run yeah you said that that's one thing I don't think Paul Flynn will be no. taking him up on you said that at the time as well that this yeah. made Dublin's position in Crew Park stronger because it's like look lads they're afraid the to come down here and the aura. Like, yeah. and uh, we, we said it last week but Dublin would play anywhere like you know and they would yeah. be happy enough to go somewhere else yeah. uh, we don't have to justify that stuff anymore Conan no, but like, I just, I, it's not even that we I'm thinking that. about the, the Oma thing like they they liked going up to Oma they play like and it, it proves something for them rather than having this hanging over their head the whole time yeah. it's not like it's not justifying it for Dublin people but I, I'm sure that they would like going out and actually beating teams on their own patch which yeah. they would no exactly um, in Kerry lads there's a little bit of news and it's a little bit of poor form really by their new manager Peter Keane and that is that the players that the players that didn't make the squad weren't told so like I mean that might seem very little but when you think about Barry John Kane and you think about Fionn Fitzgerald and fellas Fionn was a captain of the team like I mean they deserve a phone call to be told look we're going in another direction mm-hmm. and you're not in the only way they found out was by reading it in the media that they didn't make the Kerry squad that's an awful kick up the arse as far as I'm concerned so Fionn Fitzgerald obviously has nothing to do with Crokes because other Crokes players are in the squad so uh, that's what I thought when I saw the Fionn Fitzgerald had been because Crokes are still on the club run but that's yeah, obviously no, not yeah no there'd be a lot sure yeah. the rest of them would of be course, in a similar, yeah. similar yeah. thing so it seems to be them so Karen Zedratley's delegate at the Kerry County Board meeting Dan Walsh he raised the issue and he says uh, Tim Murphy said a few things fell through the cracks so he's going to implement a system now where players that don't make the squad are actually going to be be told. I'm not sure, is it a county board issue or is it the new manager issue? I'm not really too sure whose responsibility. They're not easy phone calls to make, so I can understand why you might yeah. not want to make them. I, I, What's I would, the criteria? I would, dread. would you have to be on the squad the previous season? I think those two. I think oh, those yeah, two. They definitely if you're on and off yeah. it, like, I mean, yeah. they deserve a phone call definitely, and they deserve yeah. a phone call from Peter Kane. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's just, I think that's just manners and it's, or, or else they deserve a letter. Yeah. They deserve some form of communication to realise I haven't made that squad and not imagine your phone blowing up the day yeah. that's on all the like on all the websites like I mean your f- the embarrassment which is I never heard anything they would have just assumed they were going back in do you know because they've you been would, there for yeah. so long do you know you would Tommy Walsh got a call up lads so he's going to be in there and <laughs> if anybody wants a little outside bet I must check it with Paddy Power Tommy Walsh for player of the year how about that offensive mark <laughs> oh. oh well you okay. get, yeah, you get like, you freedom get, yeah, you get big odds <laughs> on that Tommy Walsh is unbelievably accurate off both feet he can take marks on both sides this is this, but it, the, obviously the rules aren't in effect yet they're still only on trial and, and they, wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't even be in for, yeah. they'd be in for the following year hopefully so maybe not this year but Tommy Walsh the following year his hands are like buckets <laughs> like yeah. uh, Cheddar said about Johnny Glynn he's got hands on him like the bucket of a JCB <laughs> 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 great, Tommy Walsh has that and he's got finishing power Tommy Walsh plus offensive mark plus Clifford Mm. Yeah. How old, is Tommy, how old is Tommy? He's 30. Walsh 30. Yeah, he's he 30. still has it in him. Yeah. But he's an unbelievable fetcher and yeah. he's not much of a mover anymore. But most teams will play with one man that doesn't leave the edge of that square as an outball. Like, it, well, that's how I would, obviously, yeah. with the yeah. new tactics. You, if you have someone like Tommy Walsh, the two in front can be moving around. But Tommy Walsh, do not. You're there for the diagonal ball and we want you on the marks. And this fella can stick them over. 
So mm. like I mean He's going to be a huge so weapon So you get 100 to 1 on that Would you? He's well, been you out, out well, of the county no, game for so long It's no good He's not in this year Like without the, <laughs> yeah. fa- without the offensive mark I don't know how well he's moving yeah. He's moving pretty well in the club The change in the mark Like uh, inside the 45 now Has made it a little bit different Where it seems like It's going to be less of a high ball option And just somebody who can win the ball With their chest No it's like, still outside the 45 Yeah but it has to be kicked From outside the 45 But if you win it Anywhere inside, inside the 45 Then you've got a, a free kick Really? Yeah, that's changed. There's yeah, also a 20 meter kick. 20, pass. 20 meters, isn't it? Again, we can get into the rules, but like, you know, that could just be a pop pass to somebody's chest. So Dean it's Rock, not, it's not inside the 21. No, it's changed to the 45. I like can say the 45. These are flip flopping, Willie. I didn't actually realise that, did they? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not good. Yeah, well. Like, you know. Called the advance mark, I think that's that's the something like mark, that, yeah. yeah. But sure that's not that's not that's not encouraging long distance kicking. That's just a punt ten metres or how long did you say it has to be twenty metres? Twenty, th- I think, yeah. How can you judge that? Well you need to well, give these rules a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Sure outside the forty five to the twenty one is twenty metres. No. If, if you catch it inside the forty five, as long as it's a twenty, 20 meter kick, kick from so I could kick it from sixty five metres to Connor on the forty five and he wins it in his chest. He has a free kick on the 45 if he wants. Changed it. They changed it. <laughs> I don't like that. I, I think that completely changes what. Yeah, you have, no, to remember this, so, yeah. you have to remember this is my fecking. This was my idea and it's been changed. That's not. That is not. What the intent that yeah. what I was intending on doing, and I liked that. your intent. I liked the high ball in and you know just a zone in the middle where you could win it and get a, a free. But uh, it's changed. Like if Dean Rock, Dean Rock would have a field day just winning balls from anywhere inside the forty-five. Ah, well, that's poxy now. I'm really <laughs> disappointed with that. I didn't. I didn't. Re- I knew the kick out one had been updated, but I didn't realise that offensive mark had been updated. Um, right, we'll move on to that because I'm a little bit rattled now. I'm a little <laughs> Sorry bit, to break it, yeah, live on air. A little bit pissed off now. If I'm being honest So Hurling League Is going to be changed I'm deflated I'm here de- <laughs> I'm so Deflated So he's on to Hurling Deflated I feel like Santi These rules are going to be okay Will they Like I'm, I'm sort of Supporting them I'm, now, just I'm to... genuinely rattled here I can't believe They've changed that uh, So Division 1 Hurling League I just can't even concentrate the, They're changing anyways This is a huge bit of news um, So They're going to be Instead of Division 1A being really really strong with six incredibly strong teams and Division 1B having two strong teams and the other four they're mixing it they're basically mixing them up so they're going to be two equally um, strong groups so I don't think it's massive news it's just going to happen in 2020 so there you are it's two yeah. two weeks away I don't know you can't really go from them changing the offensive mark into kind of <laughs> but it is good because we had complained about it was easier being in 1B than yeah. Like for ages. yeah you prefer to be in 1B than 1A really because you just had and Galway and Limerick have won All-Irelands coming out of it yeah. Yeah. and Waterford yeah. have got to an All-Ireland final so like I mean they pretty much had to change that because it's in your interest to be relegated and take it nice and easy in Division 1B this is a more interesting hurling one um, oh, before I get into this Michael Brick Walsh has committed for another year so we all thought he was retiring because after Waterford were knocked out after their last game was it against Cork and Turles and he you know when you get the child out and you're, you kind of have that kind of look about you that you're done he's back anyways <laughs> under the new management team another interesting one about a stalwart is Conal Keeney committed to another year with me on the show here when Pat Gilroy was there and now Maddie Kenny is over the team and now Conal Keeney has to see how the body is okay. so he's not too sure like I mean I don't see know how the body is for the GA or is it <laughs> see, yeah yeah exactly so I'm always very interested in how Conal's doing like I mean Dublin's loss will be our gain yeah. a vote of no confidence from Conal Keeney <laughs> <laughs> no well, I suppose maybe like they have the, the, the Leinster club campaign well their actual 
um, county final went through a replay and their Leinster club has been off the charts so maybe he's just seeing how he is anyways this is a more interesting hurling one is that they're the luminous yellow slitter now none of us will know anything about this because none of us watched the Fenway Classic unless you did Connor. me I and Conan hadn't any no. interest in it so they used the luminous yellow slitter with red uh, trim is that what that's called on a, tri- a slitter trim Oh, uh, ridge. Yeah. ridge, 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 yeah. is it? Ridge, ridge I think. Uh, Leo, man, knows <laughs> that. It's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Al, a Galway man, in the office before he came out. So uh, the, a ridge, right? Ridge. Okay, well done. That's, that's research for the show, Conan. You should start <laughs> doing this sometime. Um, so, anyways, this ball is manufactured by Greenfields, DST, whatever that is. They're a company registering Kilkenny, and it contains a readable chip in the core to facilitate pitch side verification confirming that the ball complies with standards and this seems like such an obvious thing to do because I didn't realise this a study conducted 12 years ago um, revealed that when a ball was poked at full capacity the Cummins brand ball travelled 13 yards further than the O'Neill's one like and that's some difference for Mm. puckouts lads and some disparity in between two brands like and basically any team can nominate what ball they want to play with. So, for example, Stephen O'Keefe from Waterford can be poking out at one end of the field and Anthony Nash can be poking out the other and using completely different yeah, I balls. Think that's mad in the it's same madness. game. It's in the same game. <laughs> yeah. the, you bring, your goalie brings the bag of balls yeah, and that's whatever balls he wants you know and your team knows and actually the other team's not really sure what balls you're playing a lot you don't even have to identify right well we're using these these yeah, you just yeah, have to yeah. figure it out so for example you catch a puck out the first one of the game and you go for a you go for a long range point which is well you're in your range but only you're using the O'Neill <laughs> <laughs> 13 yards short and it's 13 yards to the button short you'd be like are we talking like are we, are we, is, see we've yeah. no hurling man here we're just imagining this is actually what happened I'm just thinking about the flate gate this is like hurling version of mm. it like where you bring a softer ball and you just screw over a free taker exactly well talking about tampering with balls Donald O'Cusack said he's <laughs> he's one man who's often messed with, with slitters to, to uh, a little bit of gamesmanship he said as long as there isn't a standardised slitter this wasn't this week he said this as long as there isn't a standardised slitter go to any goalkeeper or any player and they'll bring their own Like so they'll bring their own balls so like I mean this clearly is a good thing yeah. that every slitter is the same and the yellow and red is designed to be able to see it better because yeah. I don't know about G but when that ball's cleared up in the air it's hard for the camera to exactly follow it yeah I d- when I'm at a live game which is always at a live earning <laughs> game but yeah. I, I genuinely just start watching where the players are gathering because you yeah. <laughs> that must be where the ball's <laughs> about to land because I know oh, he's around into the yeah it's <laughs> nearly unless in the future they can get oh they couldn't you know with the golf drives are yeah. hugely yeah, helpful oh that would be, be unbelievable oh yeah <laughs> so imagine you get a clearance and this is just yeah. tracking yeah. the whole thing uh, we'll be able to see the spin they put on it another two ones quickly here lads because I'd say we've gone way over time here the <laughs> all star trip. So the all-star footballers are going to Philadelphia. They're gone this morning. And there's only... Fo- so this is the 2017-2018 all-star. So that's two years, isn't it? So they always bring two years yeah. together. Um, for the first time in the history of the all-star tour, there are going to be more journalists going than players. <laughs> there's only 14 players going, right? So, like, I mean, that's very, very... Now, you have to... In the players' defence, is that they have a team holiday coming up. Now, this is the footballers... So I was thinking the hurlers already had the Wild Geese and the Fenway Classic. Yeah. So if it was a hurling all-star trip, these <laughs> lads have used up their, their annual leave. But I'd say footballers, you, I know they probably don't use that much annual leave, but when you get to December time, you're down to the bare bones and then you're thinking, right, well, we have a team holiday now in January and I'm using this year's ones yeah. for that. Like, they probably Save can't. Some leave for Christmas. It's, yeah. only, it's only three days. So they used to do 
um, exhibition games but they turned into such a farce and so uncompetitive that they've done away with that so they used to have uh, replaced replacement players so they'd always have 15 versus 15 for the match they don't have that now so they've only 14 players going so instead they're going to coach ch- uh, local children so Alan Milton was saying we took a different direction we put the focus on coaching the local kids this year I hate that word kids um, so in terms of an exhibition uh, for people we felt the time of the players will be better used trying to promote the games to the youngsters and there'll be over 110 kids he says I'll say children <laughs> in the Limerick Field Complex outside Philadelphia on Saturday morning so it's not a big news I just thought it was an interesting thing that there's more journalists going <laughs> big enough news to send 15 journalists <laughs> <laughs> so I thought the 15 journalists used to kind of go to potentially cover that game yeah. so they're just yeah. going to be standing around watching Conor Callaghan <laughs> coaching <laughs> a child you're right an opinion piece will con oh, started yeah. off with a few rolling the ball on the ground actually you know what I can see why <laughs> you were going now. are they going to assign a player like every journalist just says well there's 14 players 15 of us we'll take a player yeah. piece big <laughs> lad gets the day off <laughs> so basically Con started with some light uh, ball work <laughs> oh my god then moved on to a 3v3 uh, and the way he interacted with the American <laughs> children oh, I, was, I was actually laughing at this originally but now I can see why Con and you'd love it oh. you imagine Shadow and Con as he coaches youngsters yeah. the future of the game <laughs> oh the gone net. you could probably get out there could <laughs> you <laughs> winning right next year yeah. yeah well we're going to try and get Con on the all-star panel right so I was talking to John Fogarty about this this morning I was not saying, you I don't want to get on it oh, that's fair enough I'd only box the head off Brehany if I got into a room with him. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I wouldn't. Yeah. But anyways, so I was saying, how many examiner lads are on that now? He says, oh, well, I'm on hurling and football and then the McAvoy's on the hurling. He says, many from the independent, they seem to have loads. Well, Brehany's on board, Colin Key's on football, Vincent Hogan is on on hurling and they might have one more they could have four and I was like here how come we don't have anyone he says well listen if you want someone all you have to do is send get someone send a letter into Alan Milton explain your case why you think you deserve to be on the all-star panel and Alan Milton will make a decision based on that so I said to Conan this morning Conan we're putting you on the all-star panel (laughs) (laughs) you're trusting him to write a letter no basically the morning after the All-Stars announced I can attack him <laughs> <laughs> I can attack him on the show yeah but so that's it so we're going to try because I said listen GR is the best GA pod- is the best GA podcast at the moment based on numbers the others hide their numbers so we can't be fully sure but they're not in the iTunes charts <laughs> and I says well Conan state your case so we'll get someone else to state Conan's case and hopefully he'll get in next we year can gang that'd up be great him after. That'd oh, be we great. can absolutely <laughs> attack him I'll be calm Kevin I played fullback the whole year I don't know what you're making a big deal about it <laughs> the last one before we finish lads I have this down another reason to love Jack McCaffrey so Jack McCaffrey admitted that he voted for himself in 2015 for player <laughs> of the year excellent Jack because Annie there, you'd, want, you'd want to be brain dead not to vote for yourself for player of the year when you think about it now he didn't vote for himself and he's absolutely not brain dead um, this year but the reason he didn't vote for himself is because obviously two of his best friends were up for it as well and he was honest enough to think he didn't think he deserved it now that's subjective like I mean he had two man of the matches in the two most important games of the year for Dublin semi-final and final <laughs> lads have got player of the year yeah, for less yeah, than that so like I mean Jack was fairly um, you know self-deprecating to think he didn't deserve it but anyways you wouldn't say who he voted for, for he said I didn't vote for myself I voted for someone that wasn't myself so he <laughs> left it open to interpretation um who he voted for but voted for himself in 15 won't admit who he voted for between Kilkenny and Fenton who do you think it was? Fenton Fenton do you think so? I think so oh, based yeah. on what? because he, no he won because he won chances <laughs> are it was Fenton <laughs> maybe he voted for Kilkenny and just doesn't want egg on his face and he backed the wrong horse <laughs> maybe, maybe. anyways we, we, we may leave it there lads we'll be back with Eddie Brennan
don't tell lies. There's no point in uh, papering over like that. Like that. It, is, it is extremely tough. I won't tell you, but again, it's not about me or Morris or anyone else. It's about Waterford. We waited so long. I know I've seen one of your tweets yesterday. It said six years. It's <laughs> obviously man, but it's a long six years for us there, and um, we're absolutely thrilled. I remember after the Leinster final, I was, uh, was Tuesday morning, my nephew was out in the lawn and he was taking freeze with his socks pulled up pretending to be TJ Reid and uh, <laughs> he fairly brought me back down to Turf that day anyway. Alright, so forget the Ulster football final and the Leinster hurling senior finals on Sunday this weekend because the big game of the weekend is in Nolan Park and it's between Greg Ballycallan and Port Leash in the intermediate hurling final and we've Eddie Brennan on the line to talk to us about this one. I mentioned Nolan Park there, Eddie. How the hell is this after happening? We have Dublin in Croke Park. We have yourselves in the Dublin Colours getting a home tie in the intermediate final. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just uh, there's a rotation basis. I think unfortunately for uh, the Kilkenny team last year, I think they had to travel to, to Mead for the, the Leinster final. So I don't know. I thankfully, Willie, I don't. Um, I'm not involved in administration level at GA, and I don't think I'd ever want to be. So <laughs> um, I don't know how it is, but um, I don't. It, it, to us, it doesn't matter. I think in a way, um, I would have no problem going to Leash either. So it would have been six to one, half dozen of another, because um, in a way, there's a kind of a I think there's a there's there's a kind of a help in in having a little bus journey that you can have a bit of crack and relax and then tune in. So um, look, it, it is what it is. So um, it'll be. Um, I don't think it'll be any huge advantage to us. I know they often say home advantage, but uh, either way, I suppose we're not going to get hung up on it as a pitch at the end of the day, and that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. It's written in the stars that it was going to be Port Leash, um, Eddie. You're obviously the new Leash manager. Tommy Fitzgerald is one of your selectors. So the stars are really aligning for you here. Yeah, I don't know about that. They, they, they have a, a warped sense of humour that they have, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was. It's funny. A few weeks ago, look, we're we're kind of doing a bit with with obviously the senior setup. We're getting them back. You know, they're they're, they're getting stuck into it now. And it was strange, you know. And Tommy was on about you know they, they won the, the the senior B in in leash and. You know, I suppose it was on the cards for us, and I said, "Jesus, said, are we in line to possibly collide at some stage?" And you're kind of going a quarter final stage with eight teams, and you're going, "Ah, surely something." And then it just slowly, and I think now Carcon got a got a hell of a, a, a whack out of it anyway, saying, "Jesus, it's going to be interesting." So I was shoving a few extra spuds over onto his plate there after the <laughs> meet, after the training session. So we'll see anyway. But I, ah, we made it. We made a little pact to said, "Tommy, you stay in your end, and I won't go down near you, and you don't come up near me." So <laughs> you won't we'll try to keep peace that way anyway. But that's the thing. But you know plenty about Port Leash because you worked as a guard in Port Leash for a good few years, like seven or eight years, wasn't it, Eddie? And you lived in Port Leash for a long time, so you know, you know plenty about the scene. And this is how it makes it even more ironic that it's Port Leash and you're the Leash manager. There's a whole lot of things coming together here. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few little side shows, really, to be honest, and uh, it just makes, I suppose, uh, as I said, a, a, an additional side story on the whole thing. But. Yeah, look, I, I, I worked up there for, for the guts of eight years and uh, I lived up there all during that time. And um, so I suppose, look, would I have a huge knowledge of the, of the present Leash team? Not really, but look, they have a couple of real good, I suppose, guys through that team. A couple, You know, you have obviously Tommy and Kerr Healy and a few of them, you know, backbone in the team. And then you have a lot of young guys. Have, so in a way, the, the Port Leash, I suppose, their team mirrors their own team a little bit in that we have a few experienced heads and then we have a really kind of a, a new generation of guys coming along I think there's a lot of those guys through the Leash team as well like be it with you know like Frank Flanagan uh, 
you know, Keane Taylor, Conor, you know, Rigney. So there's there's, there's a few young lads there. Um, you know, Kieran McAvoy, guys like that. So um, it's it's um, it's probably just uh, the few stragglers that are that are hanging on and not letting go, and then all the young lads trying to push in and push them out. But yeah, uh, yeah look, it's it's an interesting prospect. The, it's actually gas with Portlaoise. All the ex all the ex Portlaoise hurlers like Cyril Duggan and Niall Rigney and all these fellas, and obviously John Taylor. All their their young fellas are now coming through as 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 some of the young lads on the Portlaoise team. Niall Rigney and Cyril. Duggan Duggan's young fellas are kind of new to the forward line and they're playing really yeah. well. Yeah, it is. It's funny because like in 1998, when we won our fourth senior championship in Kilkenny, we went up to Carlow and played all those daddies and uh, <sighs> they were fairly tough daddies, I can tell you. Um, that they, you know, they they were, I suppose they were a battle-hardened outfit insofar as Leinster senior hurling campaigns where it was our first time in it. And I was I had the comfort of sitting on the sideline that day, which was kind of nice really because it was a dirty, wet, rotten day. Um, it was six points to five, and it was a real grunt match. And I just remember like all the times when when you're when you're younger and you're on the sideline, you're you're always trying to make yourself big that the manager might see you up the sideline <laughs> yeah, when yeah. he looks up. Um, one of those that that was one of the days that you know you you gladly sat in at the back of the dugout and you know with five or six minutes to go you're nearly hoping you didn't go in but um, yeah look that was a big education for us I mean you look at that Port Leash team at the time they had some really really experienced uh, county players as well so that was a was certainly a big education for our club in so far as what Leinster Hurling was all about at club level yeah and you definitely learned from that education then because you came back in two thousand and you won the Leinster club and like it's heartbreaking what happened to you in the All-Ireland Final in obviously the next year against Aten Rye and they were the big glamour team at the time winning All-Ireland All-Ireland clubs like I mean you, you you were home and hose really in that one and conceded two late goals and I don't know if you've never recovered from that Eddie but like I mean you find yourself in intermediate then in 2013 going back and you're only after getting back to senior now I don't know did you all go on the drink after losing that final or what happened to you or did you, did you just all slowly just in 2013 all that good minor group in the late 90s just ended up retiring yeah, I think, I suppose what happened was we went to that club all Ireland in 2001. Um, ironically, the only Easter Monday one ever and we'll never forget it. But um, <laughs> yeah, coming down the straight with time just up, we, we were four points clear and, you know, we managed to make it through. Just again, I suppose you put it down to sometimes maybe lack of experience on a big day like that where that was at the rise toward club all Ireland to win. So they knew what probably they had to do and um, I think there's a very famous picture in the season of Sundays from that year of Eugene Clunan scoring the equalising goal with our full-backs hurl in his hand. Um, now I think that was down to our full-back grabbing his hurl as the ball came in and Eugene being the sharp enough, uh, clever fella that he was, he returned the same and, and took our full-backs hurl. But yeah, we, um, we, we had a young team at the time with a good age profile and it's funny, one or two lads left, went to America, went to Australia and then slowly the team ebbed away and what probably happened was that we just didn't um, we didn't drive on enough maybe we needed to, and our manager stepped away at the time we probably needed someone of real profile to come in and take us on it's easy to say that now of course but uh, we contested a few shields and league finals in Kilkenny at the time but we slowly ebbed away and then eventually it culminated with dropping down and I felt at the time that you know dropping back to intermediate, everyone the club was kind of giving out, saying, "Look, it's we're a senior club." And I said, "No, you know, in my own mind, I was kind of thinking, look, you have to try look at it as a good thing and say, if we're good enough, we'll go back up, and maybe at the good time for 
our young lads to, to kind of get a bit of experience of adults hurling because we had some really good minors coming along and sure look when the time is right it happened so look fortunate enough albeit 18 or 19 years later it's happened Yeah you're finally back up there so you're centre forward for the club or do you do you rotate around? Oh, I think just, just whenever the lungs are empty, you might go in and stand inside the square for a little while. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it 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 kind of it it happened funny enough, and like we lost a big player for us this year in Colin Penderville. He'd done his crew shoot earlier on, and he was part of the Kilkenny senior squad, you know, up until April and May, and he was a huge blow to us. Um, so at that stage, look, I hadn't said one way or another what I was doing, and. In fairness to Dickie Brown, he never put any pressure on me or anything like that. And he just said, look, whatever it'll be, will be. And I went hurling Junior B the whole summer and we had a good year. We won the league and championship Junior B in Kilkenny. And um, it was only then kind of you, you got a heap of matches. And, you know, for me, you probably don't need training when you get that bit older that you'll tip away and keep yourself in good order. It's more being match sharp. And, and that's what stood to a few of us then going into the, the intermediate league then or the intermediate championship and the same concept said to Dickie look whatever way whatever you want me to do I'll do and there'll be no kind of um, I don't I, I don't want you thinking that because you're there in the dressing room and you have to play me I said look if the, the boys are doing the business leave them off and let them do it and luckily enough it's look it's working out um, I suppose what I'm really enjoying about mostly Woolly is just there's not that pressure on you to perform to a hugely you know, mad level that you just go along, you're part of, you're one of 15 and then you go there and do your job that you're not trying to shoot the lights out, which I yeah. think sometimes you're, you you might put put that pressure on yourself, whereas the younger guys have stepped up and they're, they're going really, really well. So it gives you the freedom of, well, if you don't play well, you contribute something, that's okay, you know. So um, I suppose that's, for me at this stage, it should be that way. I'd be very worried <laughs> if you were being heavily dependent on a, on a, on a 40-year-old. I think it wouldn't be a good sign you know, it wouldn't be a sign of a club that's winning something. So, like I said, um, I'm glad to, to kind of um, trot along behind all the young legs. Yeah, no, that's exactly, that's the way it should be, I suppose. Do you, so I presume your pace is gone. You're 40, you're the same age as me. I went back playing, I went back playing this year and I hadn't played for seven or eight years. So I was thinking to myself, Jesus, I can't actually go past lads anymore. Like, so I didn't play enough. You've been playing, for, you know, across that time. So you, you came across this a lot more gradually. Did you try, did you have to adapt your game as you saw? Maybe you couldn't get away from lads as you used to be able? Because that was such a huge weapon you had. Yeah, it, it it probably is. Um, to be honest, I think it's uh, you know a lot of time your game is built on. You know, mine was had you know as far as had good, good, um, good stamina that you could kind of cover a lot of ground in matches. And um, whereas now it's just more you're trying to just uh, I suppose use your brain a little bit more because you know I, I just found on occasions there definitely when you turn and wheel off someone, you know, that's, that's, that younger guys have that acceleration that they can make up ground. And that's, look, the natural evolution of it. I suppose you just have to accept that too. And there was a few times there you'd be you'd be wondering what's wrong and thinking there's something wrong with you. But um, when you you kind of sit down and, and realise it too, I suppose you, ha- you haven't that um, young body anymore that, that that's, you're just able to squeeze an accelerator and go. So I suppose it's just adopting. It's just, it's just maybe more... I suppose uh, using your influence on the pitch a little bit too that you're kind of talking to lads a little bit more and trying to make a nuisance to yourself really and I suppose it's I just get a whack out of it sometimes too that, that people are still worrying about you and I just laugh away going Jesus you can't be worried about a 40 year old that's really you <laughs> cannot be you know go, go watch one of the younger lads they're going to do the harm like so it's funny like but uh, look if, 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 if that 
if so be it if 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 it, if it helps it helps like and a lot of the time I'm just trying to maybe create space for other fellas and and, and drag defenders out of positions or you know get into hooking and the blocking as well so well that's it I'd say the young lads will miss you when you're gone because like I mean you, you, because you have the reputation you're getting all the attention and they're getting you know that little bit more freedom that they wouldn't be getting if you weren't there yeah look I, I think and, and that's look, I, I've kind of said this too I don't think look any of us look at ourselves that way like you go well brilliant if I can create an, an opening for somebody else if you can distract lads if you can whatever it is but the reality is, look, it's what the younger lads are seeing, that, look, they're, they're growing and they're getting along. And if you can help for 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever whatever it is. But, um, no, I'd be, look, you'd be happy enough saying, look, it shouldn't be, um, you have to look at what's the future. And the future is the younger lads in the club. And, and I suppose I, I, the bottom line, I'd love to be, I'd hope that the selectors or even myself, that you should be big enough to say, I'm in the way now get out of there and and I think that that's, that that's the one big thing and I think that's the one thing I'd like to think I'd be honest enough with myself I felt right if I'm interfering with something here if I'm holding back two or three young lads or if the lads feel under pressure to play yeah, then definitely the right decision is to move on and go back and be it maybe play to stay with the junior B or whatever it is if that floats your boat but the reality is um, if you're con- contributing then you contribute and, and, and in that regard look age, age is a number in a way but I suppose the bigger picture is the, the future of the club. Yeah, no, exactly. So how are you managing your time now? Like, I mean, like I said, you're leash manager, you're training for an intermediate Leinster final. What, how, how are you fitting it all in? Like, what 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 are what nights are uh, Greg Ballycallan training? Um, I suppose this time of year, there's not much you can do. Um, so we kind of, we train three times a week with leash at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's 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 kind of, Outside of that, then it's just a case of planning it out, and and you could might mean a double tap train on a Sunday or something like that. So I suppose the the home life is certainly something that you're you're fierce mindful of, and I won't lie to you, it's busy and it can be, a, you know, it, it's it's I suppose unfair at times, but um, I suppose it is what it is. It's it's maybe it's it's definitely <laughs> you know it's it's just one more match on Saturday, and whatever happens after that, there'll be obviously a reward for one team and it'll be the end, of the, the end of the year for the other and I suppose in that regard like I said there's not much you can do this time of year as regards training for the club championship stuff I think generally it's going from weekends to weekends so you're limited in what you can do but I think at fit, fitness wise at this time of year you're fit you're not going to get fit in a fortnight or you're not going to gain any fitness it's just maintenance at that stage and keeping in some shape and look once you're, once the, you're, you're having those conversations with when training is on you're able to get there that's, that's probably it yeah, no, true. I was reading a quote from Conal Keeney and you hear these quotes the whole time from players is, oh, well, he hasn't been talking to Maddie Kenny because he's been just focusing on the club. Um, just wondering how you can focus. What, what are you focus Like, you've got two focuses which are really important to you. Like, what are you daydreaming about when you're driving in the car, getting the cameras lads involved or winning the match, <laughs> winning the intermediate match at the weekend? Like, I mean, your, your, your focus is on two things, really. Yeah, it is. It is, and 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 it's 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 a tough one. And to be honest, look, I was, when you're looking at you know when I was was spoken to about the lease job, I, we were nowhere near the county final. So in a way, it, it it just wasn't in the thinking. And you're kind of going right. Well, whatever will happen because I don't. I I just don't believe in planning two three years down the line as regards uh, as a player and certainly as, at, at my stage of, of the career to just literally go for for whatever is in front of you. So that that kind of just 
tucked in behind the whole leash thing and, and again that was my focus right through from, from once I got appointed as leash manager you're doing a lot of the work in the background so it's 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 hard it's, it's, it's a difficult one and, and, and I'll be honest it's not ideal because obviously what what's there on you know everything in its place is that you know the potential to win a Leinster title with your club is massive obviously um, and especially you know for as I keep saying for the, for the young guys on our team it, it's just it's going to aid them going forward to play senior next year with the club but it's it's hard it's, it's, it's one that you're torn between a little bit but it's like I said you just have to sit down and manage your time and, and have an understanding people at home is probably the key to that too and you know like I said we're only looking at Saturday I mean Saturday either it'll be all into the lease up after Saturday we'll have, we'll have been beaten or else you're just getting another couple of weeks and look there'll be a bit of a break before Christmas or whatever so it'll be just focusing on the lease we have a few Welsh Cup matches to get out of the way um, two before Christmas one after Christmas but look the bottom line is I'm I'm you know we got our master fixtures the other day and the, the Joe McDonough final and all the rounds have been fixed so my planning is definitely sat down and you're starting to plan out back from round five all the way back along and, and, and start to get your schedule in place. So it's just, it's yeah, it's constant, it's busy, but look, it's, it's a good busy to have. Yeah, exactly. I saw you, you need to be hitting the pitch of the league pretty quickly. It's Galway and Waterford first up. Like, I mean, I know Leash won't be expected to win that, but the, like you don't want to be losing them badly and, you know, knock the good work that you've done or kind of knock confidence out of the lads. So it's a, in a way, you could maybe build it up to say it's a good kind of start and another way it's a terrible start. Yeah, it's it's certainly been 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 thrown into the deep end, and, and and as such, then that means that the the emphasis on getting the most out of our training time between now and then. Um, and I know, you know, this is the crib, and I'm not going to come on and have a rant now. You're saying right that you have two so such important matches in the depths of winter, and yes, you know, you're saying it's 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 obviously everything is geared towards championship, but I look at them as crucially important matches, and and they're going to be a measure of where we're at and where we need to get for later on in the year and, and like as I said I'm not going to come out and make any foolish statements about both those matches but I certainly think that we have to have the leash hurlers ready to take on those challenges I think that's the one thing that you have to have a bit of belief that when you're going up and you're getting up on a bus to head to Galway and I know from a player Galway is a hard place to go to get a result so you'd be under no illusions about what's facing you but you want to go up there and learn a bit about yourself and as a player you know I'd be you know trying to get the players to, to embrace that like and, and, and if we do the as much training as we can do in, in such a limited period of time that they're ready to take on that challenge and that's all you can do at this point in time obviously you know there's a bigger picture for later on in the summer to Joe McDonough is everything in our focus but I certainly want to put in a good campaign in the league I want to maintain that we stay in 1B at the very least I mean it would be great if when you look at that group that we have aside from those two matches you then have Offaly you have Carlo and you have Dublin and if we can get you know, two victories in in any of those five matches that puts us into a league quarter final, which would be massive. Yeah. You know, it'd be absolutely massive, and I think that's achievable. So that's where it's at for us. At, at I suppose at this point in time.
Yeah, league league quarter final and Joe McDonough Cup winners would probably be realistic uh, targets for you. <laughs> Not that I'm going to start setting your targets, um, um, Eddie. That's that's your own business. But it just just before I finish up, because obviously you had a baptism of fire when you c- took in over leash with the county final and the whole Ross King thing, and you know the stuff with the cameras players. Is all that dealt with internally now, Eddie? Have you moved past that? Are the cameras lads back in? I know Ross said in the Irish Times that he was happy to play with any of the lads or whatever, and like, are you, are you moving forward from that now? Oh, yeah, look, we're we're moving on. I suppose, fortunately, um, the the remit of the leash hurling manager is not to deal with admin and discipline in you know the whatever happens in club hurling and leash. And you know, I suppose it's to the part of me that says, look, God, uh, the jobs you don't want, it's, it's probably that because it's very hard to please everybody. But look, my remit is, is the least senior hurling manager. Um, there's cameras lads in there, there's Rat Downey lads, there's Balakala lads, there's every club. That's that's that, you know whatever clubs we, we've 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 approached fellas and they've they've come in. So in that regard. I suppose it's 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 not going to 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 seep into our setup. Like I mean, I'm, I certainly don't see. I suppose that as as an issue like that. That I think that lads are big enough to to put something where it is in the context of what it is that you you know you're you're coming into a county setup. You're coming into a county setup, and from my experience as a player, we had fierce rivalry with each other in the club scene below in Kilkenny. But you just come in, and it was parked up. There was there was there was a kind of uh, there's a context to that to that rivalry, and you just get on with it. And I think when you come into come in commit to a setup, that's the way it is. It has to be one and all in. And uh, you know, I'd hope that if anyone is coming in under any other circumstances, then they're probably coming in for the wrong reasons. Really, like I think if you know you know yourself from from being a, as a player, like if you, if you have an issue with somebody in in addressing them, you 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 go talk to that person about that, or you sort that out. But if if you're not one hundred and ten percent committed and loyal to your to, to your teammates, then then you're 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 going to find it very difficult to succeed at anything. Yeah, well, that's that's it exactly, and it's, it suppose it's to make the county team a club team, pretty much, isn't it? Rather than have lots of clubs yeah. coming in into se- you know separate club mates, there should be no such thing really as club mates or cliques in that in the intercounty setup as much as possible. I know definitely. I think it's it's you have you have to be very free and easy with everybody, and you have to make an effort with everybody too. Like I know myself from experience, you know, maybe when you go in as a young guy, you tend to latch on to your own club mate for having a few pokes across the pitch. But I think very soon you have to immerse yourself into it and get to know lads. And you know, I listened to even you know the Ron Lagarde on a good interview there a few weeks ago. Look about the, he was asked why by Joe Malloy about what is the difference down in the likes of, of the Crusaders and he said they actually they, they care he said they don't just say they care they care and when you actually look at how simple that statement is I think Keith Wood's jaw hit the ground as much as say wow like he was waiting to hear what Roger was going to say but if you actually look at that 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 is what, what I suppose teammates or buddies or family or all the things are about like it's just saying that yeah well I will get there I will be on your shoulder when you're going through with that ball and I'll, you know or if there's a tackle to be made I'll make the tackle for you know what I mean that's, yeah. that's I suppose sport in its very raw forms and I think when when you look at the simplicity of the statements but when you actually examine what Ronald Gara said there that is the nuts and bolts of any team, be it club team, and you know you've experienced club and county as well. You know when when things are going well, lads will get up there beside you. They will have your back. They will cover you, and they will you know they do care about it. And and that's the reality. No matter what setup it is, club, hurling, football, county, 
tiddlywinks if, if you're in a team then that's what you're willing to do you know so that's the way I look at it and, and, and you'd be hoping look to, to, to have that within a panel Yeah no that's brilliant that's like that sums everything up you can talk about whatever you want but if players don't care deep down to actually do the stuff they're not you know the stuff behind the scenes and the, the chasing because you can get away with you, you, you're probably at 40 years of age now Eddie where you see the centre back running up the field like there's obviously stages where you don't want to go after him because you want to kind of you know protect the legs or whatever but like I mean players all over the field can get away with doing little things like that and they all build up and maybe that's it if you if you care you, you will do it yeah, that's it. Like, and, and you try. Otherwise, you de- you delegate the fast lads to follow. <laughs> or whatever. But I um, know ah, that's that's it, and that's it looks that's the that's probably the fundamentals of, of of a team. I mean, you have the skills, there, you have the the mindset, the tactics, all that kind of stuff. But the, the very basics are that you're, you're coming in there and you give yourself and, and that you're going to you know have have a course and get out of your comfort zone and, and maybe test yourself a little bit and, and not be afraid to do that because it's was you know anyone that's that has never maybe achieved their potential hasn't taken risks so sometimes it means taking risks it means taking chances and, and see where it takes you Yeah exactly Eddie I've taken up enough of your time I'm not going to wish you best luck at the weekend for obvious reasons but look I'll be at the game and let the best team win No bother thanks Willie Yeah we, I, we do yeah. we have a farm back home so we have, we have a big farm back home and we have, we have uh, cattle and sheep and we have a few donkeys as well, so um, we had a couple of Philly donkeys. Uh, so I brought them down, and so we did actually sold them to uh, I think we had four donkeys on the day, and we sold them to a man from Wexford, so we did. So there's, there's the piebald donkeys from there, and there's the, the <laughs> traditional donkey, and there's the, the Spanish donkey, and then there's the... the Spanish donkey. They call it. Yeah, you, see, you see them on the on the beaches, and so... Um, yeah, you can actually... One time, one time the, the donkey was useless. Right? But now some people have started to get back into them because you can use them for headage and uh, it's used towards your, would say, your bonuses, your grants. A donkey, a donkey in eat and a donkey in eat a palace. Before we get into Paddy Power uh, predictions, lads, I'm just trying to think about that uh, mark and how they've made a balls of it. I'm really disappointed with it because I had a chance to kind of think about it and nobody criticised this offensive mark. Not even me. It was universal. <laughs> you didn't. GPA members didn't. I saw no criti- criti- cri- critique of it. And the reason this offensive mark and the reason I thought up of it was that if you get a good long ball and you, you catch it in close to goals, you're bottled up by two or three lads and they turn you over. So you actually get rewarded for catching it in there rather than punished. So that was the whole idea. Plus it promotes kicking from out the field traditionally in around the edge of the square, or, you know, yeah. a good diagonal ball. Now you can catch it anywhere inside the 45. So now you're just slowing the game down. And now it's more like Australian rules where there's marks inside the 245s for kickouts and then there's marks inside the... There's a very small area of the field that there isn't marks. And why on earth, if you catch the ball around the top of the D, would you want players just stopping? Or mm. catch or anywhere yeah. inside the 45? You want them playing on. You want this to be a fast game. Do you only want the mark where... It's, it's close enough to goal that it doesn't really slow the actual flow of the game down and 
you're more likely to be bottled up. If you catch the ball inside the 45, when do you ever get bottled? You know, you don't usually get bottled up there. Where yeah. this yeah. All this is doing is slowing the game down for me. Yeah, and like the, the idea of your mark was uh, it was going to be a purposeful kick, so it was going to be from beyond the 45. A good kick, yeah. At least 25 metres, end of the danger area. And I was sick as well seeing, like, say, Noche catch the ball and people having a licence, they beat the shit out of yeah. him. But now he can catch the ball and get rewarded for that. Mm. And that was a good purposeful kick, but... No way I can pass it from the 65 metre line a little pop 20 yard pass and Killian O'Connor can catch it and it's game That's stopped. it there's also the governing of the 20 yards do you know as if refs still have yeah, a how, but how are you meant to know that yeah, yeah. and that's the thing about the kick out which I liked from the 20 outside the 45 that's easy to police now that's changed to from the 20 just 13 13 metres so who's really judging where that 13 metres like that makes it more difficult if you're using the natural lines on the field it's much easier and that's why the offensive mark was perfect outside the 45 and inside Inside the the 21 21. and it can be anywhere outside the the 45 the 25 metres is the minimum kick that you that you're going to kick I'm in sh- like genuinely in shock that this has completely changed my and it got nobody complained about it so what are they basing this on a poxy college match who've got managers who might try to be I don't know how many times it would have even happened in, the, in, a, in a college match what they're basing that on that's incredibly incredibly disappointing it really really is it's really really disappointing anyways Paddy Power uh, predictions uh, Ulster Intermediate Club Football Championship Final Mullahoran of Cavan playing Naveen at there in the athletics grounds we'd be fancying Mulder Horan there like I was talking to Eddie Brennan there the big one in Leinster is the Intermediate Hurling Championship final this on Saturday as well between Greg Ballycallan and Kilkenny Port Leash of Leash in Nolan Park Craig Ballycallan are one to four favourites for this Port Leash 10 to 3 give Port Leash a much better chance than 10 to 3 but I suppose the smart money is on uh, Greg Ballycallan there I'm sure as you'll both agree with me <laughs> Leinster Junior Club Final Dun Amagan from Kilkenny so Kilkenny, right. Kilkenny are in all three Leinster Finals Junior Intermediate and Senior they play in Afina for me they're 1-5 and Afina are 7-2 actually I'm going to go with Port Leash in that, in that one here actually what, I don't know what I'm thinking of Craig Ballycallan 1-4 Dunamangan are 1-5 so it just shows the strength of Kilkenny Club uh, hurling at the moment then on Sunday on the 2nd of December we have the Ulster Club Senior Championship Final Guidor versus Scottstown so Guidor 4-6 Favourites, Scottstown are 13 to 8. So you've got a great price on Scottstown mm. on that, lads. So Michael Carroll of Guidor was quoted of saying he's playing this usual game. So we're going in, we'll be going into the final and Scottstown will be big favourites. <laughs> They're not actually <laughs> favourites. <laughs> but now this is from a team that are 4 to 6. <laughs> Scottstown are 13 to 8. They're going to be big favourites, but we'll take a look at them over the next two weeks and we'll give them a good rattle. <laughs> Michael had that quote like, bird for any opposition whatsoever. Like, is that not pure G? There is no no chance that's going to be on any dressing room wall in the Scottstown <laughs> dressing room you've immediately put them in as favourites which like, do you, those mind games lads like when are they going to go out of fashion well they'll be favourites <laughs> what difference does that make like is it really making a difference to in your head to make them favourites well it's Maybe. absolutely said in every dressing room do you know if, if, if Michael Carroll was to say oh we, we fancy ourselves a little bit you know well it'd be in the Scottstown dressing room do you know what he said he yeah. said that they fancy themselves this weekend we're going to show them so yeah. you know you just have to say it yeah yeah listen and no matter how many times if you are bullish and you win that's just ignored you could be bullish 10 times and you win it's ignored if you're bullish once and you lose this isn't huge news and look that's why he yeah. lost and it's just that's the way it is but Niall Friel 
who was the captain of the team and he was captain of their under 16 county my under 16 minor and under 21 they won two under 21s Guido so they have this great uh, group of players coming through um, he said this on the Cross McGlen game inside our own heads we knew with our pace if we could get past their traditional high press the goals were there and that's what happened um, that's what happened we had great belief in ourselves but I think their style suited our system they had to press us high and we hit them on the counter as people know in Donegal we have serious pace in our team so like I mean that's very good analysis and that's exactly what happened yeah. like you had Darrow Breen breaking through un, unmarked which is yeah. very rare in the modern ge- in any modern football it's very rare really from the beginning of time yeah. for a yeah. centre back not to be opening him up there especially not if he got through the first time yeah. he shouldn't be getting through the second <laughs> time but like I mean against Scottstown who by no means are a really defensive team but at the same time by no means are as offensive as Cross McGlenn yeah. that's not going to be there for, for Guidor any of you see past the Guidor win I, I think I'd have an outside chance to, I'd be giving Scottstown a little nod they're tried and tested team at this level have been in final before have top quality inter-county stars yeah. um, not in the defence they're from midfield up the two Hughes are completely adaptable to any position they can alternate both of them switch between midfield and the forward line and obviously Conor McCarthy and Shane Carey are two inter-county standard forwards very good for midfield up Scottstown mm. um, so it's in there like I don't I just I have a, I have a funny feeling Scottstown could win that one yeah I was going to go with them as well I thought I was going to be the one given the, the big prediction but like I haven't seen like I've seen Guido three times I've seen Scottsdale once but you know I haven't seen too much of either team but I do like like the the sort of firepower that Scottsdale has like I, I think yeah. that can win games for them and they were, yeah they were poor against Coleraine you see that's probably why mm. they're gone to 13 to oh, 8 they're good though I remember I thought Coleraine were going to win that yeah. so part of me this is the thing sorry to cut you off but they've just won the championship that Slock Nail have come out yeah, yeah exactly. do you know Slock what I mean yeah. they've beaten after Coleraine after a replay like, do you know they yeah. beat Slock Nail after a replay Coleraine did right. so they're, you know, they're well like deserving of being champions of Derry and then Scottsdale went and sort of limited them completely so after that game I'm thinking oh they can do that to Coleraine well they didn't limit them completely now they were actually looked, they, had to, they needed to score the last yeah. four points of the game to actually win it Coleraine looked like worthy winners for a lot of it that's why I'm saying their performance wasn't great the win obviously I'm not discounting yeah. but like yeah, they were yeah. in big trouble in the second half of that game but they pulled it out of the fire against the wind um, when they really needed to so I think that just that durability and that experience um, in comparison to Guido I'd give a quick one to Scottsdale that one Connor. who do you think will win that I one? actually think Scottsdale as well I just think because uh, again I've only I've seen as much as Scottsdale and I have a Guido but like Guido looked very good against uh, Crossman again but because they were able to kind of implement the style of play that they wanted to play basically and I don't think they'll be allowed to do that against Scottsdale so um, just with I think there's very little between them in the odds anyway but I would just uh, on paper I think Scottsdale are brilliant mm-hmm. and uh, I'd fancy them to win it Right okay so the Leinster Hurling Championship final Bally Bowden play Bally Shamrocks and that's in Dr. Cullen Park at 2 o'clock this is another great game in the making Ballyboden are 2-1 to one outsiders Ballyhill Shamrocks are 1-2 to two favourites in this and this according to Paddy Power Ballyboden obviously come out of Dublin where the double back-to-back All-Ireland champions Kula have come out of they beat uh, Kilmacook Crokes who beat Kula their county final went to a replay then they played Con- Clonkill in the Leinster Club and that went to extra time then they played Cool Derry and that went to two periods of extra time so to say Ballyboden are a little bit battle hardened and fairly tried and tested um, would be an understatement Ballyhale Shamrocks have won their last two matches in Leinster pretty easily um, they still are in a little bit of a transition phase even Henry Shefflin was on the show and he like was taken on the job 
um, you know, bringing in some youngsters into the team and if like I think the four or five under twenty one. So a little bit like Crosswick Glen. This is not the Ballyhill Shamrocks of five years ago with Henry at his prime and Cha Fitz on it and then the usual mm. uh fellas on it as well that are on it now. Um, you know, like I mean, I think Ballyboden are a great price at two to one there. Like I mean But they've had a couple of weeks since the Cool Dairy game, haven't they? Yeah. You know, to recover. There's one thing to say if they were playing week on week and it was extra time then and two periods of extra time. There's plenty of time to recover and it just like it's a cliche but having gone through those battles, haven't been kind of test but to the pin of their collar a couple of times and haven't come through it, whereas Ballyhale just judging not that they haven't come up against anyone but judging by the margin of their victory they had it very easy so they might be kind of taken aback by what kind of Ballyhale bring them or Ballyboden bring them I still think Ballyhale will win but I wouldn't, yeah. have, I wouldn't have it 2-1 on I, it, no, that's, the, that's my argument you'd have Ballyhale as slight favourites for this one but mm-hmm. it's a very very close game not the, absolutely not 2-1 outsiders maybe maybe their names on the trophy will they well, as your father would say They're, my father is very rarely wrong and <laughs> he would probably say it out Ballyboden and their names are yeah. on it this year <laughs> there's, there's a higher power pushing into life so Ballyboden Ballyhale might as well not show up. If, <laughs> well, my fa- I have to ask my father. Are their names <laughs> yeah, written yeah. on or not? He's the one that makes that judgment call. Um, right, just to finish up then, Munster Junior Football Championship Final, Beaufort of Kerry play drum tariff. tariff. Um, I'll definitely be getting tweets about that. They're from Cork. That's in Mallow at 3.30. Who do you think, Connor? <laughs> I'll go for it all the way, man. <laughs> yeah, because we can't pronounce the other one. Drum tariff or tariff. Which lads? Come on, you're the... I'll say tariff. Drum tariff. Yeah, why not? Drum tariff. Tariff <laughs> a little bit French. Uh, Munster Junior Hurling Championship final is Ballinamila um, of Waterford versus <laughs> Clock Dove from Cork. Interesting uh, fact about Ballinamila is a fella, Conor Mulhall, uh, tweeted me and he says, the GA are talking about club size, etc. Ballinamila has 90 members. 45 playing members playing in the Munster Junior Hurling Final this Sunday a dual club and have won six county finals across both codes since 2009 oh my Jesus god Christ. take that your mull in a that's incredible yeah that's incredible so we're up for Balanamina in that one from Waterford against Cork well we'd always shout for Waterford against Cork anyway so this is <laughs> so let's we'll be interested to see how Balanamina get on that anyways lads this has been a, a very very long podcast um, so we'll have to leave it there and we'll be back on Monday um, we'll review everything that happened at the weekend right talk to you then good luck parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys that these fellas will get such a f-ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f-ing houses for f-ing 10 years the GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power for exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors check out news.paddypower.com